This is a very great crowd. We're glad to see everyone here this evening. And I would like to share with Josh and just welcoming everyone to the Gospel Hall here in Midland Park. It's a, a big thrill and an honor to be associated with Caleb and with Seth. Um, if I was being honest, I would have to say that I still remember them just as little guys. Just little kids that were maybe fighting over super soakers going around the swimming pool. But they've grown up into young men and they have asked for baptism. And so it has fallen my lot this evening just to speak to you very short uh, on baptism. I'm not going to take very long. I'd like you just to turn to one passage of scripture in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Now before I read this, I just wanted to give some who may not be so familiar with the story just a little quick background. There was a man who had come, he had bought some scripture, he was reading it, he's in a chariot, and he's going home. Not an ordinary man like you and I in a sense, but he was a man of great wealth and great stature. He was probably what would have been known as the treasurer of his country. And so a caravan and a large number of people. Remember that because that's important in the story a little later. And as he travels through the desert, and as he's reading this passage from scripture, Philip draws beside him. Now Philip was an apostle. So let's just read a little bit here from verse number 34 of Acts 8. And the eunuch answered Philip and said I pray thee of whom speaketh the prophet this of himself or of some other man then Philip opened his mouth and preached at the same scripture and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus and as they went on their way they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said see here is water what doth hinder me to be baptized you can almost hear the surprise in Philip as he turns and he looks at the unit and Philip said if thou believest with all thine heart thou mayest and he answered and said I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God And he commanded the chariot to stand still, and they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way, rejoicing. Trust that God will bless the reading of his own precious word to us. To help you and I understand baptism, I'm going to approach it very simply. There is a lot of confusion in the world. In fact, if you were to go to many of the churches all around here, maybe in Midland Park or in Bergen County, you would probably get various answers on baptism. It has gotten much confusion. 
And so tonight, we just want to simplify it. And we want to talk about five words beginning with the letter W. And I know this was dealt with today in Sunday school, so Dave's out of his class, I'll be watching you. Don't fall asleep. I will be dealing with almost the same topics, but you can compare my five W's with his five W's and just make sure that both of our messages check out and then come and tell us if you find any discrepancies between it. And so we just want to look first of all tonight at who can be baptized. Who can be baptized? Very simply, we go right to this story. And we see that Philip, as he sits here beside the eunuch, the eunuch says, well, here's water. What's hindering me to be baptized? Who can be baptized? Can I be baptized? Well, Philip said, there's one standard. There's one question I must ask. And it's this. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. So right there we get an answer from Philip. If you believe, Philip says, you can be baptized. Seth and Caleb, we're going to read their testimony in just a moment or two. They both came to a point in their life where they believed. And so that puts them tonight as candidates for baptism. Baptism, as we know it, and as you and I have read it in Scripture, is for believers. Let's look for just a moment now at what? What is baptism? Because that's probably where much of the confusion comes and people get confused about different types of baptism. What we're talking about tonight are just simply, it's just simply believers' baptism. If I was to take the word baptize, it just simply means to dip or immerse or submerge. So if you look at the Bible, you'll find different times where different things happened and the word baptism crops up. You've got to be a little careful because there are sometimes it's used in a figurative sense. For example, at Calvary, whenever the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, I have a baptism, he said, to be baptized with. That's not what we're going to practice tonight. So there are different types of figurative baptism, not literal. What we're going to witness tonight is a literal baptism. There were a number of literal baptisms in Scripture. There was John's baptism, the Lord's baptism, and so on. But currently what we we practice, and what's very clearly shown from Scripture, comes from Acts chapter 2, and that's the current form of baptism. They that believed, they that received his word, were baptized. And that's what we have here this evening, and that's what we're going to do with Caleb and with Seth. They're going to be submerged in water. They're going to be baptized. It doesn't do anything for them as far as their spiritual condition is concerned. It doesn't really change them as such. That has happened already. What this is, is just an outward showing. They're showing the rest of the world what has already taken place. That they're, that they're associated in death with the Lord Jesus Christ by being buried and being raised again. That's all it is, very simply. And so you might say, well, why? Why would these young men want to be made a spectacle of? Why would they want to be baptized? 
Well, first of all, is it's a command of the Lord Jesus. Whenever Philip and the eunuch were going in the chariot, Philip was asked the question by the, the Ethiopian eunuch. He wanted to be baptized. Where, what does hinder me to be baptized? And as long as he was able to fulfill the question that was asked of him, then he was able to be baptized. He was, it was a command. And so it's an answer of a good conscience towards God. And that's what Caleb and Seth have come to this evening. They want to be obedient. They want to obey the Savior's command. And they want to be baptized. Where would they be baptized? You know, really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to happen here in a gospel hall. For convenience, David said already, that's where we have it. But here we see the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip as they travel through the desert and there was water, they were able to be baptized. So there's nothing necessarily special about the water, nothing special about the building or the place exactly where it happens. It's just a public place where people can come together and they can witness and they can see a baptism. The reason I mentioned the group that was with Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch and the large caravan they would have had and probably the number of servants and those who would have been associated with them they were there so they could witness and so they could see this Ethiopian eunuch who had trusted the Savior who had said I believe going down into the waters of baptism and they were witnesses of his baptism that night and that's your and I role this evening that's what we are here to do is to witness two young men who have put their faith who have put their trust in the Lord Jesus going down into the waters of baptism publicly associating themselves with the Lord Jesus and showing the rest of the world that they have died with Christ what a wonderful representation to everyone this evening and just to go to the gospel even as Josh was mentioning it as well that it's such a, a testimony tonight to those who are not yet saved that they would be able to see that there's one who has died for their sins that there's one who has gone and has test, tasted death for every man that's the where and then we would say when when can it be done well there's no hindrance as to when it's going to be done it's going to be done right now so the great moment has arrived there's nothing to hinder these two young men from being baptized they have uh, proclaimed their faith and just while we are on that subject while they go and change and prepare what, I was, uh, what I've been asked to do is just to read their testimonies and just so that we all can understand a little bit of how they have come to this point in their life how they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as their saviour and now they take that important step in obeying the Lord in baptism I'm going to read Caleb's testimony first Caleb writes I'm here to tell you my testimony on how I was reached and saved by the grace of God I was born and raised in a Christian family and throughout my childhood I was brought up going to Sunday school and gospel meetings regularly being brought up in a Christian family made me think everything would work out for me if I kept going to church with my family and listened I would be fine at a young age I remember I used to lie to people that asked if I was saved after experiencing many talks with my uncle Murray I decided it would be much easier to lie 
and say I was saved so people wouldn't have to preach to me. I guess you can say I was a troublemaker in the family. I was in the popular group at school and I cared and all I cared about was sports at the time. I was the one who disobeyed my parents the most. Everything kept piling up and so were my sins. But what most people didn't know that I kept to myself was that I was terrified of hell. The word eternity really bothered me too. And I understood that if I wasn't saved, the two things I hated the most would happen to me. I would be in hell for eternity. One thing I disliked more than being questioned if I was saved or not was having to go to conference. I never got why people enjoyed them. They were too long for me and it was almost like a complete waste of a Saturday. A couple of years ago I went to Akron, Ohio for a conference. This one was a little different. I saw a girl there that I liked and I was distracted from the meeting which I thought was great. The whole Saturday I didn't pay attention. I couldn't tell you one preacher that spoke. But she left on Sunday afternoon right before gospel meeting so I decided I'd pay attention since it was the last meeting and I was leaving afterwards. I would like to open to John chapter 4 and verse 13. In that gospel meeting I realized something. The woman at the well just had to put her faith in Christ and drink of his water so she would never thirst again. I don't know much people that have gotten saved from this verse but it struck me in a different aspect the Lord said whosoever believeth in him shall have everlasting life it was that simple and on September 2nd 2007 I realized it had nothing to do with being brought up in a Christian environment as much as it helped me to understand what was right and what was wrong it was never going to bring me to heaven all I had to do was put my faith on the finished work at Calvary. Tonight I'm happy to say that I am a Christian and on my way to heaven. Being popular was nice, the success I had in track was nice too, but nothing will ever come close to the satisfaction I have that I'm 100% sure on my way to heaven tonight. On September 2nd, 2007, I not only believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, but in him. Christ not only died on the cross for sinners, he died on the cross for me. God sent down his son into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He came with one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to forgive sinners like us. All he wants in return is for you to believe. One saying I like and will leave you here with tonight is to stop doing because it has already been done and now I'll just read to you Seth's testimony I grew up living in a Christian home and environment from kindergarten to third grade I attended a Christian day aftercare in Waldwick, New Jersey during gospel meetings I would sleep on end and nothing really hit me until I started thinking about hell and the lake of fire the idea I had of salvation as a child was just to get away from eternity in hell after I had seriously taken in the fact that I was going to die and was either going to heaven or hell I took the gospel more seriously 
once I had reached age 11 and had kept on pushing salvation further and further away, I decided it had gone too far. I would think of cool places to be saved so that when I told people, I would sound unique in a way. I made up my mind that our annual family trip to Six Flags this year would be the spot to get saved at. This is a number of years ago. No need for a verse, just a really big roller coaster, and I would be saved and tell everyone how cool I was. I had heard how many story I had heard many stories of how people had gotten saved, and to me it was boring, so I just wanted to be different. So that year, with my uncle Dirk, cousin Ari, and my brothers and I went to Six Flags, and each ride I completely forgot that I wanted to be saved. And at the end of the day, I was so angry that I had to wait a whole other year until I went back. So when that dream faded, I started to mature a little and found out that all I had to do was believe in the Lord Jesus and I would be saved. The word believe was the only problem because I would try to get saved. My problem was that I was trying too hard. At the time, I would lie in bed and get temporarily saved each night so that I could go to sleep without having to worry about waking up in eternity. Clearly, this was not the way I was going to get to heaven, and I really needed to get down to things and make an important decision. My friends were dragging me away from God and my want to be saved. In November 2008, I had been reading one verse, other over verses, and packing my brain with John 3.16 and others until I couldn't do any more and convinced myself I was saved. From that day forward, whoever asked me about my salvation, I would say November 28th, and I was living a lie. I am ashamed because people I know today still don't know that I lied to them in telling them because I just knew that's what they wanted to hear. This past summer of 2011 was when the habitual lying came to a stop and I had to grab a hold of myself and really figure things out. I had been in Canada for a portion of the summer with Josh Valvano and I was helping him with children's meetings and the last week was the seat sewers in Sarnia, Ontario. Every night we sat around the campfire and everyone told their testimonies. I had recently turned 15 and yet I didn't think anyone in my family knew that I wasn't saved. That night I sat awake in my tent while my friends at the seat sewers were talking about each other's testimonies and how it was so easy to be saved. But I was not joining in on the conversation. I hadn't done enough to gain salvation, but that was it. I hadn't done anything because I can't. I use that word believe as faith. Faith in the Savior who gave his life for me. And it wasn't what I did that made me saved. Because what I did was worthless to God. It was what he, what he did there on the cross that makes me fit for heaven. Because he died, I can live. And I only have salvation because he died, not because I said the right prayer or cried enough that night. My mind went to Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are you saved through faith. It was not of words I said or of crying or prayers, because nothing that you can do will ever take you to heaven. And that's what I realized, and this is what made me born again. I don't go back I did I don't go back to the day I was saved to check that everything was done perfectly, 
because I know that everything was perfectly done through Christ on the cross and that I am ready for heaven don't invest in worldly things to take you to heaven but end the hard thoughts and distractions and anything you've ever done to reach God's forgiveness receive the life that he offers openly tonight and don't push it off like I did because you don't know how much time is left make the right decision and choose faith not your own works but Christ's own work at the cross for by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works lest any man should boast so now I think we're ready for the baptism someone could just help me lift the podium down thank you very much all for your patience